When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Hello, hello. Welcome into now the third already, the third episode of the Batting Order Beat. For those legacy listeners, that's number 463 of MLB Daily Podcast and the second live show in this show's history. It's been almost a year since we've done it. Brandon, how are you feeling? LJ, it's opening day. Could not be any happier right now. Uh, sitting down, just being able to go live and chat about the games. Uh, for all those that are that are watching right now, uh, welcome. It's very nice to uh, see you. I'll be uh, monitoring the live chat on Twitter. Oh, I just pulled it up on my phone, if you could hear that. Um, yeah, I'll be monitoring the, the chat on Twitter. And, um, yeah, be feel, feel free to ask us questions. We're just – at least me, I'm watching some of the games right now. I'm sure LJ is as well. But uh, Yeah, I've got the Astros on right now, the Astros and the White Sox. Certainly an interesting game there, too. You've got the home opener for your World Series champions, the first clean – Astros championship of this run, the one you have no doubts about. Um, certainly that one, it, even for the guys who know in their hearts that everything that happened in 2017 didn't ultimately either affect them or affect them in the postseason, this one has to hit different, knowing there's oh, yeah. no way that they can take it away from you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I'm interested to see what the Astros look like. I know a lot of people, um, at least prediction-wise, what I've seen, they've been picking the Astros to win. Let's not forget they did get Jose Abreu this offseason, uh, among you know other just things that they do as an organization. All their players seem to develop really well. We get another year of Jordan Alvarez, uh, who, I don't know, could – It'd be a little scary if he somehow is better this year, LJ, than than he's been in the past. Yeah, not sure how much farther he's going to have to go. Coming up during this show, we're going to break down all of our season division predictions or with that naturally World Series as well, although I don't have necessarily much odds on that, but we'll certainly do our predicting on that. The MLB awards, we're going to have, you know, our usual amount of nonsense, if we have some time, we'll shoot the breeze here between Brandon and I. Coming up around between 7.30 and 7.45, we're going to have our buddy Matt Arcara from the Batflip podcast. He's going to be coming on in to this live stream, joining us to give us some great content, give us some great conversation with some, you know, every single time we've done something with the Batflip podcast, it's been a great opportunity for us to just get a separate perspective that the two of us don't have. Obviously, you know, Brandon and I have been friends for a while. We won't always agree on things, 
but we come at things from very similar angles. Getting this different way is great. And then, of course, we will have our first edition of this segment, Sipping Sour Grapes. This is an idea we came up with a while ago. Your classic winer line for anything baseball, life, anywhere in between. If you have something to whine about, go ahead and drop that in the chat, or you can tweet at us and let us know that this is your Sipping Sour Grapes. We would love to hear what you have to say on any matters and very much looking forward to whether it's a good laugh out of this good conversation. I'm excited. Absolutely. Uh, looks like this Cardinals blue Jays game. We're in bottom seven here. Big at bat for uh, Nolan Gorman, no outs first and second. Uh, and yeah, I mean, both LJ and I's teams already played today. Matt's team played today as he is an Atlanta Braves fan. Uh, LJ, I don't know how much breakdown stuff you want to do yet regarding the Red Sox. Um, but yeah, it was it just it was certainly nice to just take the afternoon and just be able to watch a bunch of games. I mean, there's really nothing better than opening day. There's just a sense of optimism from really all 30 fan bases that like, you know, it's such a long season. Let's let's start it off well and let's let's try to get a W today. Yeah, I think honestly, a lot of my takes are going to be um, on this Red Sox game are kind of just really justifications that I'll give later on in this show. But unlike unlike you, Brandon, not everybody's able to watch live at bats during the day. I sadly, heartbreakingly, have been in and out of meetings all day, basically since. 10:30. So, I have not gotten to see a single live pitch of baseball today. This White Sox Astros game is going to be my first. So, a little bit of a different perspective here getting amped up for the start of my season. But, you know, to touch on this Red Sox, obviously I've seen every highlight, I've seen all of the breakdown so far, and this is a really disappointing blow for me because it isn't that necessarily the team played poorly because overall, you know, are you really going to complain about nine runs being scored and 11 hits? That's certainly not a game, bad game. That's certainly not a shameful game, especially, you know, nine strikeouts isn't half bad either. Where I have my issue is Corey Kluber because it would be one thing if this guy didn't look like good, like he'd fallen off a cliff physically. What it seems more to me from what I've seen was a lack of mental sharpness and, you know, just was not, didn't look engaged in a lot of parts of the game. Obviously let, let that slider up for the home run. You've got the home run to Rushman as well. Um, certainly some bad, bad pitches in here, but he just did not look engaged. And if this is a sign of things to come that he maybe, you know, maybe he's mentally checked out before he physically checked out of his career, but, this isn't the way anyone should start their season. It's alarming. Yeah, it was not a good a pitch. Excuse me, a pitching day for Boston. That's for sure. As the Cardinals do now take the lead, uh, and seven to six, and what's been a pretty crazy back and forth game. And you know, LJ, speaking of Boston, um, and going back to that game real quick, just the offensive production was really good from from them today yes and actually touching on the offensive production i don't want to point fingers but this is a finger we now have to or should point to when we're talking about this new era of the pitch clock 
Rafael Devers cost them the game. The getting that strike on not getting into the box in time with runners in scoring position, runners that later scored to cut the lead or cut the deficit to two. You're, you managed to get on here. All of a sudden here we're talking about or, or, or score a couple. That hit probably still happens here. You know, it's not mutually exclusive situations here. All of a sudden now you're talking about either a 10-10 game or an 11-12-10 game late down the stretch with a vastly improved back end of the bullpen for Boston. It feels like he tossed away a win there. Yeah, and, you know, what I will say is while he did end up getting an out because of the pitch clock, um, it's very easy to point the finger at him, of course. Um, you got to point the finger at I've got it. I'm going to point. There's the camera there. But in general, uh, some of the positives, I mean, Masataka Yoshida, you know, he looked massive positive. Yeah, he was super impressive. And um, yeah, I mean, look, when when we're trying to forecast what the Red Sox are going to do this year, I mean, LJ, I don't know what your expectation is. I'm sure you're expecting them to not finish fifth again. I'm cautiously optimistic is that is that an allowable term yeah yeah because here's the thing baltimore once again is going to continue to look good they're going to look better each year this is going to be a team that's going to consistently trend upward unless we really see the rays falling off which i actually feel shockingly high on the rays like that's the take i feel more uneasy with is the fact that I feel good about the Rays than it is that I feel good about the decent about the Red Sox who looked really good today by the way I mean Shane McClanahan was was shoving Shane McClanahan is doing things to my fantasy team that I wish not to think about but at the end of the day you know I see this unfortunately we could be in a world where this team finishes fifth at like 78 wins that's not something you're necessarily going to be all that up. Like you're going to be upset. It's going to be disappointing. It's going to be frustrating, but I don't see them being a bad team. This is going to be very watchable baseball, much better than, you know, a 2020 Red Sox team, a 2021 Red Sox, excuse me, 22 Red Sox team. It could be a lot worse, but Brandon. Yes, sir. LJ. Unless you had something else to add, do we want to start our pick our own adventure here? Yeah, sure. Let's uh Ryan, would you like some nonsense award predictions or season division predictions? Um you know, let's let's do some uh award predictions. I'm feeling I'm feeling good there. If that's where you want to want to go. We can start there. I have no clue what we, I was planning on for the nonsense this this day around. So that's how, that's Let's save the on. nonsense. I mean, there's already plenty on on every episode. That nonsense we, will come we, when it comes. Uh, but yeah. We will we will be incorporating more nonsense on these live streams as the year goes on. Awards predictions, Brandon. You chose to start here. Is there a particular award you'd like to start with? Should we just start at the top? AL MVP. Sure. Yeah. And if you don't mind, I'm gonna pull up um, some odds on my computer just so I have um, a good basis. A good, uh, yeah, and for and for those at home, when I'm talking, I did use FanDuel for my odds. I'm not sure, Brandon, if you want to use that as well. So we're on similar comparative terms here. But I'll go ahead and start. And really, the ultimate question is, except for health, tell me why not Shohei Otani? 
at the end of the day, yes, Judge was great, and he's already gotten off to a great start homering today, but there's no way he's getting putting together back-to-back seasons like that. And even with that, there was a genuine argument that Shohei Otani was the MVP last year anyways. Like, a lot of people were on that bandwagon. And at the end of the day, now without the novelty of breaking the home run record, will that carry the same weight against a brilliant year from Shohei Otani where, honestly, I see him growing a lot more as a pitcher. You can't get much better as a hitter than where Shohei Otani is at this point. But if the pitching side continues to grow, this feels like it, barring injury, should be a runaway year for Shohei Otani. Yeah, I mean, there's – really don't think you could have put that any better barring any kind of setback, any kind of like significant missed time. It's going to be hard to not give it to Shohei Otani simply because, you know, a lot of people feel like he was robbed last year and it was a better season than what he did in 2021, where he beat out Vladdy jr. To win MVP. Uh, So I do think that Otani, when you're talking like, percentage chance to win is your best bet for the AL. Um, but in terms of like a value play, uh, I have a couple. I love me some value plays. Uh, one of LJ's guys. Uh, what about oh. Wander Franco at 45 to one? Okay. Okay. I mean, it's, it's going to be in, like I said, it's strictly value 45 to one. I feel like you're getting a nice price there. And then I'm sure that this guy's price has gone up since um, his five for five game today versus the Red Sox. But Adley Rutschman. Um, yeah, sure. that, that's where I wanted to touch in here. I'm going to cut you off here because that yeah, was my value it. pick as Brandon sprays. Brandon sprayed around the value, value for all, value for all his friends. Um, This is where I really look when I'm going through awards. And if I were to vote on awards, I look at, who has been the most impressive this year in terms of both overall play and play versus expectations. And then I look at who is the reason behind that play versus expectations or overall performance. And with both of the the guys that Brandon just brought up, they both fit that track. I wasn't going Wander Franco. I mean, especially considering, you know, the health concerns last year, that, could either do two things. First off, that could show some injury concern down the line. But two, that also might mean that some of that sophomore slump, that learning development curve, might have been slightly stunted by only getting 300 at-bats last year. And so that could get into a little bit of a dicey situation for him. But Adley Rutschman, this is my value pick. This was my value pick before he went 5 for 5 today. This is a guy that has a Decent argument. Honestly, I would say it's a toss-up for me between Will Smith and him based on talent right now. Based on, you know, overall capability right now, who's the second best catcher in Major League Baseball? It's a tough call. And if he keeps improving and he keeps showing out this year, if he becomes the by far centerpiece of this Orioles roster and they continue to, you know, improve and exceed expectation. I don't think they, they might not even need to make the playoffs this year. If they can keep it tight and a couple things fall their way, fall his way, he can definitely be in that conversation. Those two things being Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge both have to come back to him a little bit. 
but I think he is really, really good right now here. I've got him plus 2,400. LJ, if you don't mind, we do have a question in the chat that I would like to uh, bring up from Michael Hartman, who asks uh, about Glaber Torres, who did hit a home run today for the Yankees. He said, too early to call it a comeback uh, for Glaber Torres. What I will say is that I think that a lot of people are expecting him to have a much better season this year than what he did last year. And I think a big part of his struggles last year had to do with the fact that, you know, late in the season, uh, as the Cardinals are just blowing this game, oh my God, that's terrible. Um, Late in the season, uh, the Yankees right at the trade deadline are so close to pulling the trigger on sending him to the Marlins for Pablo Lopez, who ended up starting for the twins today, of course, in that starting quite well, mind you as well. Very good start from him. Indeed. Uh, Twins entire pitching staff looked good, but Glaber's confidence was kind of killed when he found out that we wanted to get rid of him um, because he's been such a crucial part of some of these teams. I think a lot of people are expecting him to put up like at least what is a 775 OPS too much to ask for. Like, I really don't think so for a guy that has clearly a lot of pop. No, you're right. I just, I think the difference is we can expect more production and I do think he has more production to gain, but as we do, we also need to decrease the ceiling because the ceiling that we thought Glaber Torres had, I don't think ever was truly there. He had a great, phenomenal rookie campaign. But after that, he, we keep seeing him consistently, you know, fall fall below and fall short of expectation. And maybe, yes, he had it then. Maybe, yes, he was capable of achieving it if it weren't for certain other outside factors. But at this point, for him to become a superstar, for him to become that, you know, 20, 20 plus million dollar man, I don't think that's in the cards anymore. Once we start properly evaluating Glaber Torres for the player he actually is, we're going to see something really nice here and really special. Well, LJ, let's send it to you for your NL MVP uh pick and then your few value guys that you like as well all right this one this one was tough ultimately i went with ronald acuna jr um he's playing with that teal day this year um it's just as simple as that he's gonna put the yacht in acuna and part of this came down to me thinking okay what changes this year at the end of the day both the phillies and the braves are still going to be good what's going to be different is as we talked about last show the most noticeable difference in baseball this year will be these base the pickoff rules and the base sizes and the two teams that have the most to gain from that is the Braves and the Phillies I almost feel because they're two stars maybe the twins as well on that boat they're three stars all have such amazing speed that they can help them take over and control games Ronald Acuna with under these rules could really explode and control games for the Braves as a just, you know, force of nature. Ultimately, it came down to me between Turner and Acuna for this. I sided with Acuna based just solely on 
if I had to pick the division winner here, which this is a spoiler for later on, if I had to pick the division winner, taking the Braves over the Phillies, that was the sole dividing line because I think both of these guys are going to be absolute monsters this year. You don't think them. So just to be clear, you're going Braves one Phillies two. I'm okay. That is not necessarily fair or correct because I could, I could very much see the Mets being the second team. I don't see it in them to win the division, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, no, for sure. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to be a playoff team. In terms of who has it in them, to physically in them, who has that dog in them to win the division or even to advance in the postseason, I'm picking the Braves and the Phillies without even thinking about it. I might pick both of them twice before I pick the Mets. So that's kind of where I stand with this group right now is, you know, yes, either the Braves or Phillies, I could definitely see flopping with some of the losses that they've had or their past performance. You know, again, Philly makes the World Series wasn't, you know, their record wasn't anything special. They tried to get, they tried not to make the playoffs last year. So <laughs> them and the Brewers were in a race that last week of the season to see who could who lose could the most try, games. Yeah. Who could, who could try to blow it the most. Um, yeah. And so like, I could see both teams falling off and it being a two horse, two horse race between the other and the Mets, but I don't see the Mets being the one to win the division in any of these scenarios. Now, Acuna's well, my value pick, pick is Freddie Freeman. Um, you know, again, partially rule changes, but more so this is a guy who just brings consistent stuff and at plus 1400 feels like, you know, not a, not too many things have to go his way for him to get back into being an MVP for another time around. Love that. Um, I'm going to go for my pick. I'm going to go with his teammate, Mookie Betts. Um, I think that, and LJ and I talked about this a lot over the last few years on the on the podcast, but I think to a point it was where the Dodgers players – well, probably none of them were ever seriously in contention to win the MVP. It was like they were never in the conversation conversation just because they were overshadowing each other, right? I Max remember there was in 2021, Max Muncy was having an unbelievable season, yet no one was really putting him in the MVP race just because from like a talent standpoint, he wasn't one of the three best players on that team. So – now I think with a little uh, shuffling of that roster, you know, no more Trey Turner, of course. Uh, I think that Betts is certainly, I mean, we, we, we know he's certainly a capable of putting up MVP type numbers. And at plus 950, I think that that's pretty solid odds. For, for a reference, Juan Soto is the favorite at plus 550. Um but I like bets at plus 950. And then from my long shot, um, it's LJ. We got some value here. And I think a Ooh. lot would need to go right. Um, this is going to sound like my Cy, AL Cy Young picks here. Let's see. What yeah. Um, how about Jazz Chisholm at 70 to 1? Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because, well, you know, he made the switch to outfield playing center field now with Luis Arias there playing second. And at 70 to one, I feel like I'm getting really, really good odds. 
compared to some of these other guys like Xander Bogarts at plus four thousand. I think I think is a pretty is pretty solid odds. Um, but then even like a guy like Austin Riley, who I think could put up the numbers to be there, he's only like sixteen to one. So I don't feel like I'm getting great value there. As with Jazz Chisholm, yeah, I know I don't have much of a chance, but certainly at one point last year, the way he started the season, his first month or so was excellent. And, you know, when we talked to the Marlins radio broadcaster, Glenn Geffner, he spoke of him, of uh, Chisholm very high saying, you know, we've seen him put together stretches for a month or two where he looks like one of the better infielders or one of the best infielders in the MLB. And, we're just kind of waiting for him to put it together for a whole season because we know that he can. Uh, obviously, a very popular player on the cover of, ML- of MLB The Show this year. Uh, not that that means anything, but, you know, he certainly – people know his name now. Um, and we'll get to the division predictions later, but I do think that the Marlins will certainly be what a lot of people's expectations are for them. Uh, this year but yeah long shot jazz chisel 70 to one my pick though mookie bats plus 950 yeah that's an interesting one and it goes back to the jordan walker conversation we had the other day on 462 if you haven't gotten a chance to check that out it's of course wherever you get podcasts wherever you can get podcasts as well as conveniently clipped for your leisure right on youtube that's going to be a big medium we're going to utilize this year, and I'm not sure if Brandon's as excited about it as I am, but it's looking really good so far. Uh, Brandon, your mic is cut up. Sorry about that. Um, am I good now? Can, can, can you yep. hear me? Um, yeah, super excited for uh, YouTube. And also, uh, we're going to be posting shorter clips than the one than the clips that are on YouTube on TikTok. So if you're interested in uh, watching 30 second to one minute clips of our show of kind of like the best stuff that we're putting out there, uh, be sure to check out our TikTok as well. Uh, so yeah, that'll be coming soon. Yes. Uh, coming soon. But LJ, shall we keep moving with some of these award predictions? And uh, you want me to start with my AL Cy Young pick? Yes, please. I feel like this one could get very boring. It, it is not boring. Um, I'll have it's you not know. Boring. Not boring because my pick is somewhat of a long shot. Um, I feel like LJ, I, I really don't know how you're going to feel about this, but my pick is Kevin Gosman uh, to win American League Cy Young at 15 to 1. I just really have liked what I've seen out of him. Uh, I thought that that year he had on the Giants, he was excellent in 2021. Last year with Toronto, from like a counting stat standpoint, like war and some of those other stats, he was certainly racking it up. And I think even some of the traditional stats, like win-loss and you know whip and ERA, I think he's going to be pretty good this year just because Toronto has such a good lineup behind him. Uh, What surprised me if he won 15 games or 18 games or something. And those guys always seem to be in conversation. I mean, a guy that comes to my mind is like Julio Urias last year who led, I think he led the MLB in wins. 
Uh, he was really good, but it was like a lot of those wins came from just being having a great offense. And that certainly was helping his Cy Young case late into the season until Sandy just absolutely took over. But I'm going to go Kevin Gosman. Yeah, and-, and to touch on Kevin Gosman here, I think his division is going to help him a lot. Obviously, you know, things I think would still have to play back to him a little bit if he kept up with, you know, 170, 174 innings, a 335 ERA. However, if he can get even just slightly, we're talking like 297, sub three in the AL East this year, I think that honestly could be enough to do it because this feels like a relatively open situation under one condition. And that's that my guy doesn't get, my guy gets hurt. But Brandon, your value picks. Uh, before I get my value picks, we do have a few questions here in our Twitter chat that I think we can answer quickly. Um, the first one I will answer. Uh, Andrew Hennessy asks, best bet of the night uh, needs a lock. I'm Personally, I took the Angels uh, A's under seven runs. Uh, you know, I think Kyle Muller could surprise some people for Oakland, at least starting pitching wise. And with Otani on the mound and a pretty weak A's lineup, I think under seven seems to be um, a good bet value-wise uh, and just in general. Uh, to, so that's what I got. And then another question, unless LJ, you have any best bets for tonight? No, I'm feeling dead cold after my Austin Riley pick. So, <laughs> And then uh, Brooks Herb asks, he, who is a Cubs fan, uh, to note, I know it's one game, but without Seiya Suzuki and with the Cubs and, and a shutout, uh, do you think the Cubs can surprise people this year? Do we want to hold off on this till we get to the division picks? Sure. Um, so stay on with us. Um, it'll most likely be after Matt that we'll get there, but we will. We press can ask on. Matt for, for, for his picks too. Uh, That's true. That's true. Absolutely. So we're up to me right now, right? Or did you give your value? Uh, my, if I had a value pick, uh, let's go Logan Gilbert at a 50 to one. Okay. Well, again, all of those are very possible. It feels very open. Barring Jacob deGrom gets hurt. As long, or excuse me, assuming Jacob deGrom gets hurt. Which is a, which is a good assumption, honestly. <sighs> again, and with the way he pitched today, it's, it, was, it was a rough start, to say the least. It was a rough start. I'm still willing to bet on that talent. Again, this guy is still able to get a three ERA through 64 innings last year, had not played much at all, and kind of got yanked around during his health unhealthy stretch. That largely, in my eyes, cost him at least a season here of them trying to, you know, do the whole rehab thing without just going straight to take care of it. We see this all the time where it just ends up nipping the team and the player in the butt. That's where Jacob deGrom is. This guy, I still firmly believe, has it in him. He'll be worth that contract in gold for the Texas Rangers, and he's got to be my Cy Young pick this year. I've got two picks here, one that's value and one that is absolutely insane, but if you want to follow me on this, I feel I, I, I still feel strongly on this. The value is Shane Bieber. I've been saying this for a while. I think people have just, you know, decided people decided he wasn't good after 
one lousy season. And it wasn't even lousy, to be fair. <laughs> like, it was just lousy for Shane Bieber's standards. Yeah. And so, you know, here all of a sudden you're talking about this guy's coming in after a 288 ERA season, 8.9 strikeouts per nine. You know, if he's, especially if he can get those strikeout numbers back up, this guy is going to be in the conversation, even if he doesn't win. He feels near sure to me, again, barring significant change, that he'll be in that conversation at the end of the year. It's just a matter of does he have enough to put him over the top. That's plus 1,600. Okay. So same same odds as Kevin Gosman, basically. So you're getting – I like that. At plus 15,000. Plus 15,000. Okay. I had to go – I had to scroll quite – I had to travel quite a ways – to get this one, but don't call me crazy, Michael Kopech. Okay. I'm still bought in on Michael Kopech. Last year, finally, after all of his injuries and his work back and the team, you know, not having room for him early on in his MLB career to get him into the starting lineup, still manages to get in here for 120 innings, 3.54 ERA, 7.9 strikeouts per nine. Before that, he was always above an above nine pitcher. I'm looking at this guy. He's gotten a year under his belt. He's gotten a year as a starter to feel comfortable again. He's ready to take off, and I'm ready to see it happen. You know, for that value, and I know how much you love Kopech, I think that that's a great bet. Slap uh, a dollar on it. Why not? A dollar to win 150 does not sound that bad. Um, All right, on to the National League. Uh, LJ, I'll let you go first here. Uh, What are we thinking? It's a very talented National League uh, in terms of starting pitching, to say the least. I would have to be honest with you in saying I I had no clue where to go with this. Absolutely no clue on where where to go. And ultimately, it came down to looking at situations again. This, with obviously a much larger pool. My main pick here is Corbin Burns, but I don't feel comfortable with that. Corbin Burns, obviously, a fantastic pitcher, but he's dealing with a lot of, you know, controversy and unpredictability with his situation and tenure with the Brewers. Brandon, I'm, I know you are kind of firmly in the side of. He very well may end up being traded, not firmly may, but like, you know, you've seen, you see the writing on the walls as much as I do that there's definitely a world where he gets traded. It's very hard. First off, if he gets traded out of, out of the NL, that really screws things up for him. But also if he gets traded and doesn't adjust well right away, that tanks his Cy Young campaign as well. So he is in a situation where, the product around him very much could result in him not being successful. As for my value, just because I look at this group and I say, Sandy Alcantara, can he put it together back to back years? I feel uncomfortable with saying he's going to be able to repeat that performance. Corbin Burns just went over his issues. Max Scherzer is old. Spencer Strider's way too young. I mean, he could end up having a really good season, but still disappoint based on the, what he put together last year just because of a couple, you know, sophomore bumps on the road. Justin Verlander, already on the IL. Zach Gallen, I don't believe in that much. And so 
part of me is sitting here thinking at plus 1800, maybe this is Zach Wheeler's year to come in here, pitch to a three, one with 225 innings and get the sign up. We've talked about him every single year so far because he's always there in the counting stats. He's always able to give his team value in that regard. I think the stars might align for him to get into that position this year. As for my picks, um, I've got a few. I think my main pick value-wise or just in general is Logan Webb at plus 3,000. Looked sensational versus the Yankees today. Um, And it always seems like, you know, you have guys like Alcantara come out and not like it's not nowhere, but it's just not that first crop, that first tier of, of aces that win it every single year. And I feel like, you know, the last three years in um, the in the NL, sure, we knew Corbin Burns was good, but we didn't think he would have that good of a season in 2021. Sure, we knew Sandy was good, but we didn't think he would have that good of a season in 2022. I think that this could be a very similar a situation with Logan Webb. As for a long shot pick, uh, Joe Musgrove at 50 to 1, uh, a lot of that is, I guess you could call it recency bias if you want, but in the postseason last year, he was really good, especially against the Mets. Um, and I think that uh, at 50 to 1 odds, it could be good. Spencer Strider, I do think, has more of a chance than what LJ thinks. Um, it's I, just a big risk. It is a big risk. Don't get me I wrong. I want to see him do well. I love Spencer Strider, but it's a big risk. And at ten to one odds, it's just it's just not a good enough of value. But I could certainly uh, think that at some point, uh, or at least even this year, Spencer Strider uh, has two hundred and thirty strikeouts or a, a high number. And uh, yeah, so oh, and the Cardinals take the lead on a beautiful Arenado rip down the line. So they're one of the better games so far today has been this Cardinals Blue Jays game. But uh, LJ, I believe we have our guest uh, in the, in the wings in the waiting here. Absolutely. It's time for the first guest of the season. We're certainly starting off with a great one here. Now up to bat special guest, Matt from the bat flip podcast, Matt, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Can y'all hear me? All right. Yep. Great. Yeah. I can hear you. Great. Yeah. So catch us, catch us up. What's been going on in your world? Uh, not too much. Just been uh, really excited for opening day today. I've been uh, watching some uh, baseball all day. I, I was I was working today, but I work from home most of the time. So, uh, yeah, that was that's nice uh, for, for opening day to be able to kind of watch the games as I'm finishing up work. And, uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, super excited for the season. It's going to be a crazy season. And with all the rule changes and everything, I'm still getting caught up on it. And, uh yeah, I'm excited. I'm uh, how about you guys? How are y'all doing? Oh, we're you know busy as ever, but very excited for this adventure to start once again, as it does every year. Now, Matt, you mentioned the rule changes here. Overall, what have been your feelings? I mean, this is a lot of change to happen in one year. Yeah, so um, I thought I think that it's it's been very interesting for sure. The games have been a lot faster today. Um, I know that they were talking about – I was watching the end of the Rangers versus Phillies game, and they were talking about how that game ended up being right at three hours, like on the dot. 
And in the past, that was an 11 to 8 game, I think was the final. And uh, it ended up typically would have been like a four and hour, four hour game, just lots of step offs, just constant like, you know, pitching changes and everything. And then the pitchers taking a long time, you know, especially with so many pitches being thrown. So I think that uh, that's been a, a good thing. It seems to be pretty well received among a lot of fans. Um, I think the, uh, you know, the shift changes, I haven't noticed too, too much yet. Uh, obviously, you can still shift to a certain level. You just can't have the guy way around in right field. So, uh, you know, I noticed maybe a couple more hits in the games I've watched today from that, but nothing too crazy there. And then the stole, the new stolen base stuff with, with the pickoffs being limited and the larger bases, I've, I might have noticed a few more stolen bases. I definitely saw that there was a couple times they've had the two pickoff throws, and then on the third one, that's been kind of interesting to think about because, like, you know, the, the guy obviously thinks he's going to be able to run because the, no pitcher's going to throw over, but then the, again, the pitcher might just risk getting a balk and throw over anyways. So I've been kind of interested in uh, to see how that plays out. But obviously it's early in the season. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of these changes you probably won't see too, too much until, like, later on we can kind of get a larger sample size with all the trends and everything. But it seems to be pretty well received so far, and today's been today's been pretty great. And to follow up on the stolen base thing, obviously not only is it the pickoffs, the size of the bases too, who do you see being best impacted by that in terms of base runners? For stolen bases, um, I think guys like, I think uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is one that's going to be benefited by that. I think that um, you look at maybe like a Bobby Witt or or somebody. Um, I think guys, maybe guys who are pretty good on base guys who – um, you know, who have speed, uh, I think are going to be helped a lot by that. Cause, and one other thing that I don't think has been brought up too much by people is you might start to see, especially with the DH being in both leagues, you might just start to see like more of like a designated pinch runner type guy on more rosters too for late in games. Because I mean, today I was watching the Braves, uh, Braves game today and they put in Sam Hilliard late in the game as defensive replacement and he stole a couple bases or he stole one base. And uh, I thought that was kind of I kind of got thinking, man, you know, having a deep uh, a pinch runner late in games might be interesting because you don't need as many guys on your bench now, uh, especially in the National League without having to pinch hit guys a lot. So that might be a, a valuable use of a roster spot if stolen bases are going to have a little bit higher uh, usage this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a, a big thing with the stolen bases now is that with the pitch clock, there's no more of the pitcher kind of holding onto the ball, staring down the runner, trying to throw the runner off. seems like so much more attention has to go on the batter. And then you combine that with the uh, disengagement rules and, um, you know, all, all of that in general and the larger bases that I think we're going to see a lot more stolen bases. Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I saw some stat on Twitter the other day and it was like, there was a significant amount uh, amount more of stolen bases in spring training uh, than there was in 2022. Um, and there was like just it, it might have been like 100 or 200 more stolen bases in spring training. And there's only 11 more caught stealing. So maybe it's been a little easier. Maybe that was a small sample and it's hard to tell. But in general, I think it's going to make the game more exciting when there's action on the base paths. That's what a lot of people want to see. So uh, I certainly do think that that, that those changes were good for the game. You did mention uh, watching the Braves. And of course you are a Braves fan. Uh, 
Yeah, kind of take us through what what you're thinking about them for for this season. Yeah, so um, I picked them on our show to win the World Series. And the main reason I picked them was just because, like, this year I feel like everything's just wide open. And I just said, you know what, I, I, I have no idea because I, I think I've got a list of like eight or nine playoff teams that I'm pretty sure are going to make the playoffs. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to be a homer out of those teams. But um, I, the Braves look really good to me. Uh, the, the lineup looks great. I'm a little bit concerned about the back of the rotation. Um, I I really like Max Freed. Of course, he did tweak his hamstring today. It sounds like he might miss one or two starts. I don't think he's going to miss too much time. It didn't look that bad. Um, and, and I think Spencer Strider is probably going to be really good. I'm a little bit worried about injury with him just because he throws so hard. He's not a real big guy. It, it does concern me a tiny bit, but I mean, his stuff is incredible. Uh, but once you go beyond that, I mean, Kyle Wright's already kind of, you know, banged up. He had a, he had a shoulder uh, issue before spring training. He's going to be back really soon. He pitched at the end of spring training, but they wanted to get him one more tune-up start at the end of the, uh, you know, in the minors before he, makes his first big league start of the season. So he'll be there. But then, you know, they've got the two rookies that are going to be in the rotation on opening, you know, for the beginning of the season. And Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd, uh, who both looked really good in spring training, both of their uh, pitching, both of their um, fastballs had increased on velocity some in the spring. So that was nice. And then Charlie Morton, I just, I'm not real high on him this year, but uh, the bullpen looks like it's going to be good. But, you know, the injuries to the Braves, a couple of starters already injured in the rotation. And then Rizal Iglesias had a little bit of shoulder inflammation as well. It's going to miss, you know, first week or two. I don't think he's going to miss a lot of time, but it does start to concern you a tiny bit. But I think this team's really deep and the the lineup is really good. So, uh, you know, I could see them being a similar team to what they were last year, honestly, and, and winning, you know, they won 101 games last year. I wouldn't be shocked if they did that again. Absolutely. And I found that absolutely fascinating, this whole back end of the rotation situation, because yes, you've got great, uh, great rookies with great potential that have come in here, but you also had to send it down and, you know, par- temporarily say goodbye to, guys with experience and relatively proven experience, guys like an Ian Anderson or a Bryce Elder, that felt to me like quite a bit of a ballsy move there by the Braves. Yeah, it really was. Um, The only thing about Ian Anderson is that he's really struggling to throw strikes. Uh, He's really kind of struggled his whole career to throw strikes. And I think guys were starting to figure out if they just laid off his changeup, which is an elite pitch, that – he was not going to be able to locate his fastball consistently and the league just kind of adjusted to him and his spin rates on his pitches just aren't very good. So I think the stuff might not play up quite as well as we thought it was going to from the beginning. And I mean, about that last year, he really struggled and in spring training this year. He looked awful. So I don't think it's necessarily a deal of he's not going to be a big league starter this year at all, or the Braves don't think he's going to ever be good again. I think it's a little bit more of a deal of like at the beginning of the season, he really, you don't really want to put him in the big leagues and just get rocked three or four times and hurt his confidence even more. You'd like to see him kind of, you know, get a few AAA starts and, and kind of maybe get hot a little bit before he gets back up to the big league level again. And then uh, one other guy to look out for is Mike Soroka. Uh, he dealt with a little bit of a hamstring injury at the beginning of the uh, 
of spring training, but the Achilles, which is what's kept him out for so long, is healthy. And he did start to make a couple of appearances at the end of spring training, and his stuff looked like it did when it was really good a few years ago. So, you know, it's going to take some time. He's going to be rusty. He hadn't pitched in, like, he pitched, like, two games in 2020. He has not pitched in the big league since then. So who knows if he's going to end up coming back. But I, I would look out for him to maybe be able to get into that number five starter type situation, which would be a really, really big deal if he's able to come back healthy. Again, if he was your four or five starter going into the playoffs, that's a really good position to be if you're the Braves. Oh, yeah, for sure. And another thing here stemming off of this idea of bringing these young guys in um, with all of these extra incentives now to bring guys up, what do you think about more prospects like a uh, Jordan Walker and Anthony Volpe breaking camp? Yeah, I think uh, the the big thing with those two guys is that I think that the big league club, like the the Yankees and the Cardinals, with those guys, they feel like they're in, you know they're obviously contending teams. Both of them are favored to win their divisions, or at least with the what Yankees, they're favored to make the playoffs, and and they're kind of co favorites in that division with the with the Blue Jays. But um, you know, both of them know that they need every win they can get, you know, in order to to pull those uh, pull that off, and. That if you if Volpe is your best guy and Jordan Walker is your best guy, you need him in the big leagues from day one. You know, a lot of people kind of when you when you start off the season, kind of sit there. You know, they're like, oh well, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. We can come along slowly. You'll, they'll get in there in a couple weeks. You know, but these games still do count at the beginning of the season. And at the end of the season last year, you had you know several divisions and, and wild card races. I mean, the, I think the Phillies made the playoffs by like one game last year. Um, the NL East ended in a tie last year. So, you know, opening day does matter. And I think that getting any win you can, especially, I mean, I think Jordan Walker's got a couple RBIs today in a one-run game. So, you know, it's a big deal to have those guys come up. And Volpe, I think, scored a couple runs for the Yankees today. So um, I think that you're going to see teams like, you know, like the Pirates or the Reds or these rebuilding teams maybe let guys stay in the in AAA for the service time manipulation. Or, you know, they might also still need a little bit of development. I mean, I heard a lot of Reds fans complaining about Ellie De La Cruz being in AAA or, or not being in the majors. And it's like, you know, he struck out like 31% of the time at AA last year. He's a really talented guy, but he does still need some seasoning. Um, and the same can be said with the Braves for Vaughn Grissom defensively. Like there was a lot of people who thought he was going to end up in the, you know, be the starting shortstop. But, you know, there is reason to maybe, you know, keep him in AAA, just, you know, let that defense kind of, you know, improve a little bit, get his feet under him, get hot, you know, get ready for the season. So, uh, but yeah, I love it. I love seeing Jordan Walker in the, in the uh, big leagues. I think he's going to be great. Uh, I really, really think Anthony Volpe is going to be a solid player as well. So uh, definitely excited to see those guys get their shot early on. And you're, you're here talking about Vaughn Grissom potentially being, you know, the future shortstop here and potentially the current shortstop for the Braves. For a while, I was sitting here talking about Vaughn Grissom as the next left fielder for the Atlanta Braves, that being if they'd kept around Dansby Swanson. He, of course, gets the big deal from Chicago. What were your thoughts on that? You know, I've never been a huge Dansby guy. Uh, I don't really like his plate approach. He strikes out an awful lot. He, he doesn't. He's not super disciplined. He 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 doesn't walk very much. And I feel like that skill set. He does have a lot of power for a shortstop, but I feel like that skill set doesn't necessarily age the best. And uh, but so I, I wasn't. I would have liked to have brought him back. 
I do like Dansby Swanson, but I wasn't, I'm not really the high guy on him. And uh, I thought the contract that the Cubs gave him was a little bit of an overpay for his skill set. Now, he had a great year last year, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to continue to do that. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of hated that the Braves didn't bring in a veteran. There are there are some things that were encouraging last year with Orlando Arcia, who, you know, is going to who was starting today. He actually had a good game today on opening day. And um, I thought that I think that he is a, um, you know, he's a big leaguer. He, he's not he's he's legit big leaguer. He's not like they're just throwing some triple A guy out there at shortstop or something. But uh, but, I you know, I agree with you. I thought Vaughn Grissom to me, I thought he was going to be a guy that you could probably put out in left field at some point I, I was on that train I still kind of am I don't know if he is gonna be the guy defensively at shortstop especially as we were talking about earlier with the with the shift ban rules infield defense is good you are gonna need a little bit more range in the infield because positioning is gonna be a little bit more difficult and I don't think Vaughn Grissom really has as much range as some of these other defensive infielders have that they're really good shortstop so uh I'd, I'd like I would have liked him in left field um you know, but, you know, it's worth giving him a shot at shortstop because that is such an important position. If you do feel like he can play it, then that's something that I think he'll end up in the big leagues at some point, not too distant in the future here. And the Cardinals, they're just doing their best to, to blow this game. Ryan Helsley comes in uh, and gives up a run. It's nine to nine now. This game has been in, insane back and forth. Uh Bo Bichette now, I think, four for six, has reached base five times. Uh, great game for him today. But, uh, guys, do we want to kind of get into a little, you know, uh, Matt, you did say you picked your Braves to win the World Series. Uh, LJ, do you think now is an appropriate time to maybe run through the uh, divisions and just give our quick thoughts, or what do you think, LJ? Um, let's just focus in on Matt and his uh, his takes what teams do you think you're really looking at as favorites and what teams are going to surprise you? Um, so the favorites for me in the division, I guess by division, I, I, the Braves are my favorite in the East. Uh, in the Central, I did pick the Cardinals. In the West, I picked the Padres. Uh, and in the American League, I picked the, I believe I picked the Blue Jays to win the East. I picked the, uh, I think I picked the Twins in the Central. And in the West, I picked the, uh, in the AOS, I picked the Astros. I do think, and I, I, every year we talk about it with with the surprises. I'm drinking the Kool Aid for the fifth year in a row with the Angels. I just I can't help myself. I can't fathom the fact that the two best players in the world are on the same team and they can't make the playoffs. So that's kind of one of my surprise teams. I liked some of their offseason moves, and I feel like some of their pitching development has improved with the additions of uh you know with Patrick Sandoval having his breakout last year. He looked great in the WBC. And I've been hearing a lot about Reed Detmers in uh, spring training, his velocity being way up, which would be nice for them to get that second good lefty to go along with. And, and then the addition of Tyler Anderson as well in their rotation. I'm a little skeptical of their bullpen, but I also like some of the moves they did in their lineup. Uh, they brought in Hunter Renfro. That was a nice move, in my opinion. Um, I think that, uh, you know, bringing in um, uh, Drury, Drury will help them a little bit. And just health. I mean, that's a team that it just feels like they probably would have been a lot better than they ended up the last few years. Like say, what if Anthony Rendon stays healthy this year? Like that's like adding like a four win player without really adding anything. Cause he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I mean, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see, but that's probably my biggest surprise team. Um, and, and one other, I could, 
I could see the White Sox being a lot better than it seems like everybody's down on the White Sox, but I still do believe in some of their core pieces there. And I can imagine them. I think there was a lot of injury issues there last year. And I think Tony LaRussa was a major issue with them last year as well. So I could see them sneaking in there and uh, winning winning more games than people expect them to, even though I did pick the Twins to win the Central. Um, so those are a couple of sleeper teams for me. Fantastic. I love you mentioning the fact that, again, we still can't figure out how they haven't made it to the playoffs with the two best players in the world, but we did see a playoff tournament with the two best players in the world. The first World Baseball Classic and what feels like an eternity, what did you think of the tournament? Oh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I absolutely loved the World Baseball Classic. It was um, – I've been a big proponent of international baseball competitions like that. I think it will grow the sport worldwide because uh, I do think baseball is a sport that can grow – past just where it's at now in the u.s and in the, then in the caribbean and then in you know in east asia i think it can grow further i think it can grow into you know into europe at some point i'd love to see that uh i, I think it's a great I, I, th- I thought it was a great event i thought that it was really fun to see everyone we were talking on our show the other day we did a uh, a segment where we were kind of say what was our favorite moment and not a single one of us picked trout versus otani in the finals uh, I picked Yu Chang hitting the Grand Slam. I thought it was awesome, but just because we don't see the baseball culture in other countries very often here, like in 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 just the fact that, and we you know we know that baseball is huge in Japan and Korea and in the Caribbean. We don't see like we don't know about like Chinese type like Taiwan, and I thought it was awesome that like there's that crowd in Taiwan for that game, and and then uh, you know the story behind Yu Chang and and him being on that team. I thought that was a really cool moment. So, uh, man, I, I love the World Baseball Classic. I think it's a phenomenal thing, and, and I'd love to see more participation from pitchers in the next one because I don't really think that it – I don't. I think the injury risk part of it is kind of overblown for pitchers, um, and I think that it's definitely something that's worth doing to grow the sport in, in general. So I, I, really like the, I really like the World Baseball Classic. Fantastic. Other than that, do you have any more um, awards predictions, World Series predictions, thoughts that you had going into the season that you want to make sure are on films for the world to see? <laughs> um, well, I think that the other day we did a, a little thing where we picked some uh, – you know, we kind of picked our pick for, for the awards, which, you know, we kind of picked our obvious picks. Like, I mean, I picked Otani for MVP. Who's not picking Otani for MVP this year, or at least putting them in their top two or three, you know? Uh, but we also kind of did an under the radar type pick. And, uh, you know, I thought that, I think there's a few players. I think Corey Seager's a player that is going to have a really big year. Uh, he's kind of my sleeper MVP pick, uh, just because he improved some defensively last year and in, in when he got to Texas. And he was a, he was affected more by the shift than anybody else. And he's already got a track record of being a great player, but I think last year his batting average on balls in play was like extremely low, and a lot of it had to do with the shift. He had like 20 more uh, outs in the shift than anybody else did, which was pretty crazy. But uh, so I, that was one. Um, I think another kind of sleeper pick that I had, uh, I, I didn't pick him for Cy, my top Cy Young pick. Um, I don't remember who I picked on our show, honestly, but George Kirby was the guy I'm looking for because uh, I really like his stuff. And if he can pitch enough innings, uh, which I don't know if the Mariners might limit his innings again, 
but if he can pitch enough innings, I really like him and, and maybe being kind of a sleeper Cy Young type guy. Um, but uh, I definitely thought those were those were a couple guys who who are interesting. And then I think the rookie of the year battles are going to be really interesting too because I think in the Nash in the American League there's like six guys, six or seven guys who I could legitimately see winning rookie of the year. I mean you've got Gunnar Henderson, you've got I don't nobody's really men- mentioning Masataka Yoshida. Uh, I think that's a good one to to look at. Um, My two hundred dollar bet slip is. Oh, is that is it? Is it yeah. I, hey, you know the thing is like all these other guys are really unproven. They're AAA players who are, are prospects that are coming up, and you never know what you're going to get. You might get a Spencer Torkelson from last year type thing. But Masataki Yoshida has been playing in the second-best league in the world and absolutely killing it over there, and he's come over, and he did great in the WBC, and he, I think he did pretty good today, didn't he? Um, yes. I think he had a couple hits maybe, or well, at least he had at least one hit I saw. But uh, So that, that's a couple guys who I think, are in there, but I mean, you also got you know, you never know. Like an Oscar Colas for the White Sox might be an, another guy who he's at the big league level. He's kind of got some experience playing in high level baseball, but even higher than Triple A level uh, playing overseas. Um, so I think there's there's several different different players who are going to have a good shot at that Rookie of the Year uh, season. I also thought Logan Ohapi is another guy that I really like uh, rookie coming up. So I think it's really cool to see all these rookies as we were talking about earlier and. Uh, I think that rookie of the year race in the American League is going to be really fun. Brandon, did you have anything else you wanted? Uh, I just want to say I love that Georgia Kirby pick. You know, we saw with him how good his control was last year. He rarely walks anybody uh, and is just a really fun guy to watch pitch. And Seattle's going to be really good. Uh, you know, I, I think that they've made the right moves this offseason to put themselves in a much better spot. So, uh I, I could see either like Logan Gilbert or George Kirby uh, having a really, really good breakout season. All right, Matt, was there anything you wanted to talk about in particular that we haven't gotten to yet? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what are your, what are y'all's thoughts on, on the day so far, man? It's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, uh, I hate that there haven't been quite as many close games, uh, you know, so far, but I guess the night's still young. And uh, I like, uh, I think the, uh, I think that you know the cool story of the day might be Rutschman's six getting on base six times, hitting a home run like that. Judge hitting the home run on the opening. What's your what's your favorite moment from opening day so far, Ben? It's got to be Judge in yeah. first swing. It's first swing of the season. I'm a Yankees fan, so first swing of the season yeah. to see Judge go deep. Uh, it it was it was pretty electric, uh, and you know also uh, Garrett Cole looked phenomenal uh i will say though there has been quite a few back and forth games the blue jays were just able to pull that out versus the cardinals uh but yeah i think that the red sox orioles game you know it got really good late um and there wasn't a lot of pitching in that game and those games are always fun when it just seems like no one can can uh, figure out how to get outs uh effectively so yeah, there was definitely some uh, really good games. Really, everything. It, it's opening day. There's so many different storylines and things to be following that, you know, this this whole weekend will feel kind of special in a way. Yeah, I think from my perspective here, I haven't gotten, unfortunately, to watch enough of it live yeah. today because of uh, all sorts of conflicts. But the Jordan Walker first hit, first career major league hit, right up the middle, just kind of power powers a tough pitch right up through second base. I don't think you could have many 
prettier balls hit on the ground than that. It just, it, it looked good. The swing looks good. You can tell that that was a professional hitter going up there and it hopefully is a sign of great things to come. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I like Jordan Walker. I think he's going to be good. All right. Well, Matt, before we say goodbye, would you like to plug yourself and what you do for a little bit here? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm on the, the Bat Flip podcast. Uh, it's uh, me and Damian uh, Leininger, and then David Westergreen joined us. Um, so there's three of us on there now. He joined us back in the fall. Uh, he's a good friend of ours. Uh, we've been, been uh, you know, friends with, uh, you know, talk of baseball just online with for a long time. So uh, it's been great to have him on the show. And uh, we, uh, we, we kind of do uh, once a week. Uh, we usually upload on uh, – we usually record on Mondays and try to upload Monday. Uh, sometimes it ends up being Tuesday. There's a chance we, we end up pushing t- to Tuesday at some point uh, in the somewhat near future. I think uh, conflict might start coming up on Mondays. But we, we do it once a week. Uh, you know, we're on Spotify and uh, we're on, uh, you know – the, all the podcast things and uh yeah uh, you know we kind of just talk uh you know do our weekly thing we've been doing our preseason predictions and stuff uh rundowns and um you know uh you know kind of talk about just kind of the hot topics of the game on a week-to-week basis here um have a lot of fun and uh yeah check us out on there and uh hopefully uh hopefully soon we'll uh hopefully soon we'll have you, you guys on there it's been uh it's been a while since we've had y'all on so uh we'd love to we'd love to have y'all on soon Absolutely. Just give us a call. It'll be a great time. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Matt. We appreciated your time and enjoy the rest of these opening day festivities. Yeah, thanks, guys. Y'all, uh, y'all have a good afternoon and good evening, and uh, I hope y'all enjoy it as well. So, you Thanks, too, Matt. Matt. All right. Well, let's get back up to bat these awards predictions and fly through these Rookie of the Year picks here We kind of already touched on both of mine for the year, Um, so I'll go ahead and run through everything I've got here. Masataki Yoshida, you don't put 200 bucks on a guy and then not pick him here. I mean, look, this guy is so much better than I think anyone thought. Maybe it wasn't best business going and giving him the money that the Red Sox did, but they gave him the money that he you know, clearly talent-wise is deserving so far, came in and impressed the Red Sox with the power that he had in his bat. And so for me, seeing those reports, seeing him play in the World Baseball Classic, this is a no-brainer. The first chance he got odds on FanDuel, I was all over that. My value pick for the American League here is going to be a guy, and I'm hoping I didn't completely steal Brandon's value here, plus 3,500 Asturi Ruiz. This is a guy Brandon was talking about the other day in terms of guys that were breaking camp with the team that he really liked, a blazing speed guy. And if I'm taking this, I'm taking this on the gamble that the stolen base numbers that we saw and Brandon talked about a few minutes ago in spring training, that's a gamble based on the fact that those are actually going to be real. Those are actually going to be legit in terms of a massive shift in terms of how many stolen bases we see just guys running rampant. If that's true, then we're talking about a guy who could, you know, just tossing a number out there. If if you steal 40, 50 bags in your rookie year, I find it hard not to give you the rookie of the year, especially if you're able to get on base enough to earn that. So at the end of the day, 
these new rule changes could open a door for him to be the whole rookie narrative here in this American League. I think, yeah, I I agree with both of those picks, and I would honestly do those exact two picks. I think Masataka Yoshida, from a talent standpoint, um, I mean, like, clearly he's, he's much older than these other uh, rookies, but is going to make an immediate impact. Could be like a 125 weighted runs created plus type guy, and that would for sure win you the rookie of the year, um, assuming that someone like a Gunnar Henderson or Anthony Volpe or even his own teammate, uh, Tristan Cassius, you know, I think he, he has a legitimate chance to also, uh, stick his name in there. But, um, yeah, I, I think also Matt bringing up Oscar Colas, that's a really good under the radar pick, uh, could be kind of an immediate impact type of guy for, the White Sox. He played in uh, the NPB uh, for I think uh, SoftBank when they won the title uh, back in I forget when when it was, but he's played at that extremely high, if you want to call it quadruple A type level, um, and I think that he could certainly uh, have a big impact. But yeah, I'll go with Yoshida and uh, Estiori Ruiz, um, who my one of my bold predictions. I think that that guy. Estieri Ruiz could steal 50 or 60 bases this year. He had 80 something in the minors last year. So um, that, that feels like even with a good Yoshida year, because mind you, you're going to have to get on base at a decent clip to achieve that 50 stolen bases should equal a rookie of the year. You'd think. Yeah. Right. And assuming that one of these other guys doesn't have like, you know, if uh, an Aaron judge, Pete Alonzo type, rookie season um you you would think that that would be good um enough but lj for the nl um i have a few interesting picks here but i'm interested to see where where you go here um we're definitely going to be disagreeing here because i am wholly unimpressed by this nl rookie class oh i'm unimpressed as well that's why I, okay I my picks is as interesting this feels like it's jordan walkers to lose i can't sell myself on anyone other than jordan walker at this point this guy you know we talked about him plenty on our last show not going to go too far into him but especially having watched him play a professional game seeing these plate appearances that he put together today just you're already looking at a professional hitter here in jordan walker and he's just going to keep improving on that as the year goes on. So he should, he has every reason to win this. If it's not going to be him, I, I shrug as I say this, but I guess I'll go with Miguel Vargas from the Dodgers purely because he's a Dodger. You, you know, as much as we've said in the past, Dodgers don't win MVPs because the spotlight gets stolen. Every single time without fail that the Dodgers have a good rookie, he is at the top. If he doesn't win the rookie of the year, he's at the top of the conversation. So the very fact that he's existing and playing in this lineup leans heavily towards the fact that he's going to be in the conversation down the end of the stretch. Yeah, I think that that's a really good pick. And I'm that's plus 1,000. Yeah, you know, 10 to 1 odds for a guy that has a lot of lineup protection there. And, um, you know, you're in a big market, so whether or not 
you know, I don't how much the the media actually plays into it. Who knows? But um, that's certainly a good pick. I'm gonna go with a guy that has equal odds. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar at ten to one breaks camp with the Rockies. He's 21 years old, um, and is gonna be their everyday shortstop. I think my best comp for him is Tommy Edmond. Uh, is like what he could turn into because he's kind of a guy who is a defensive whiz. He's a 60 grade uh, fielder uh, and he has a 60 grade uh, hit, Uh, but you know, not a lot of power. Okay. Speed, but you know, you figure if he can put up a decent batting average and just draw a few walks, have a good enough uh, plate plate, a discipline. uh, I think he could, kind of sneak in there uh, with some really good uh, defensive play and have a two and a half or three war season. Uh, But like LJ said, this does seem like Jordan Walker's to lose could easily be a 25 home run guy um, with, with his plate approach and his just raw power. Uh, But yeah, I guess for a little bit of a price because Jordan Walker at plus three ninety is a little steep. uh, I'll take Ezekiel Tovar and LJ. I'm surprised you, you know, no words on the favorite, uh, Corbin Carroll, who is three to one. I just don't see him as the favorite. I mean, again, he's, I, good, I, he's, I'm, good. he's good. He's good. He doesn't move the needle like Jordan Walker does for me. Fair enough. He doesn't Very feel fair. the conversation outside of him. But that will wrap up our awards predictions here. And we'll, of course, Brandon, keep in mind some of these comments we want to answer here as we get into our season division predictions they are now up to bat brandon would you like to start with the national or american leagues let's start with the american league and i'm just going to kind of run through it here um to be honest trying to predict divisions in like the actual like playoff teams is incredibly challenging and it's it's just so hard um but starting with the al east uh I'm going to take Toronto to win the AL East. Ooh, okay, okay. Tell me more. As much as I don't like Toronto, and I know LJ is a big Toronto hater as well, um, it just seems like, you know, last year they were a favor to get out of the American League. They have – they upgraded their lineup. Uh, you know, they basically replace what was – Rymel Tapia's spot in the outfield with a Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, they get Brandon Belt, who is a good, very good hitter to add for the for the middle of that lineup. And you can't look past the great pitching that they have. You know, I brought up Kevin Gosman uh, and Alec Manoa. You know, we'll see what Jose Barrios is is going to do. Maybe he can kind of bounce back and be a little more than just a serviceable starter um, and kind of pitch to what that contract that he has uh, is. But I'm going to take Toronto. Uh, You want me to just run through all three or should we? Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Run through. Central, uh, Matt made a great point. People are really down on the White Sox and I'm willing to be wrong. Uh, I think that this, I could see the White Sox really doing something here. Uh, I don't really... I, I'm I'm not fully sold on the Twins yet. I like the Pablo Lopez deal. I kind of like what they're doing with that lineup. Uh, love Correa, of course. 
Uh, and they have a good bullpen too. You know, Joan Duran is is really good. Uh, but I'm gonna take the White Sox. I think the Guardians will finish second. Uh, just not enough substance in that Guardians lineup yet. Keyword yet. Um, and we could see a little regression from some of those guys, I think. Uh, well, you know, Andres Jimenez, it, I find it hard to believe he's going to put up another 7.5 war season. Uh, but I think that that'll be a very close race uh, between White Sox, Twins, and Guardians, very similar to what we had last season. Uh, and then in the West, uh, I, I can't pick against Houston. Uh I'm never going to pick the angels. They just are so disappointing. Uh, I would like to get proven. It's just wrong. a bad bet at this point. I, yeah, I would, I would just like to get uh, proven wrong by, by them. Oh, and here's the stat I was talking about earlier. Stolen bases per game in spring training uh, in 2022 were 1.1, 2023, 1.7 with a 3% higher success rate as well on the bases. So more stolen bases and at a higher clip. So that's what I was talking about, what I was uh, bringing up earlier. So, yeah, I'll go Blue Jays, uh, White Sox, Astros. All right. Going through here, I think we're only going to agree once. That feels Ooh. weird for something like this. Look, I, I, I do not buy into early season health issues because, you know, here we are within the same – we're still well within a decade. We're still within five years of a team that was last in their division at the end of the, the end of the first unofficial season, as we call it, at Memorial Day, come charging back and win the World Series. I put very little into early record as much as it does. You know, it matters. You win every game you can, but I'm not going to put all my stock in based on early record and with that early health. Once healthy, this Yankees roster is easily the most talented in, in the group. And more importantly, they are more well-rounded. Now, you bring in a guy like Anthony Volpe, who's going to be an absolute stud, even if he doesn't start off hot, even if he isn't like the rookie of the year, I have a feeling from what I've seen from this guy, it just, there's a feeling in my gut that he's going to be peaking right at, right in September and be a driving force of this team in October. That's the type of feeling this guy has. Carlos Rodon, get him healthy, get him back into this lineup, along with the other, of course, the other pitchers that are, aren't here, guys like Frankie Montas and Luis Severino. But more so, Rodon gives them the depth in terms of quality starting pitching. In baseball, you need at least a one and a two that are standout pitchers, like absolute studs. The Yankees basically tried to defy the laws of nature for years without having an ace, and then for years without having a number two. They finally have both. This, There doesn't feel like a reason this team can lose the division. Toronto is not this good. Going into the Central, I shook my head through your entire rant, or not rant, but like discussion here because I just – Oh, and by the way, with that, I also had a value pick here at, um, what was it? Um, plus 270, the race. Um, I think this is, okay. that's a group I, I do like, a healthy wander, stuff like that. I'm not going to pick a value here because I don't believe in it. It's the Cleveland Guardians division in the central. 
I don't think anyone's gotten better. All I see when I look at this Chicago White Sox team and this Chicago White Sox lineup is a team with underdeveloped potential, a bunch of guys that looked like they should have been cornerstones of a franchise, but then all of a sudden just never developed into that. And I'm sorry, but at this point, being contenders for now at least, like this is the fourth year you're supposed to be a contender, that should have developed by now, and it hasn't. And the one guy that had developed that is now gone. This White Sox team, dead in the rights. I don't think this Twins team is good enough. And I'm also never going to bet against Tito. I think we've learned this lesson time and time again when we see this guy manage. That's why I was so shocked that Brandon took somebody other than the Guardians here because you don't mess with this guy. The rain, the excuse me, the Astros are the clear best team and favorite in the AL West. Should things go severely wrong for the Astros, I do like the Rangers. I think this Rangers team, they invested the money. They already had a solid lineup and a lineup that underperformed their talent last year. So they're going to look better in the lineup. They're certainly going to look really good when it comes to this rotation. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're just talking, okay, maybe we just need to bolster the bullpen a little bit and we're a real playoff team here. What I'm looking for with some of this value, especially if value that's plus 1,000 here on the on the line I'm looking for a team that just needs to add one more piece and have things go their way to get into that position. And, and that's LJ, could, could could they be a team that could potentially go out and land Corbin Burns uh, at the trade deadline? That that seems like a fit that could definitely make some sense as like a rental, right? Because is Burns a free agent after this season, or or is it? Uh, I think he is a free agent after this season. The only issue with that is you've got so much starting pitching talent here. I'm not sure you necessarily go that direction. I mean, you're a big Andrew Haney guy. He's going to be legit. Realistically, I think John Gray is probably the fifth most talented starter on this team. That's not that's that's a really good place to be. If you're a sixth guy is Jake Odorizzi, that's also an excellent place to be. What yeah. they really need is back of the bullpen more than anything. And the other thing here, too, to consider – they have their four top 100 prospects are all set to come up this year. Like all of their ETAs, maybe they aren't actually truly ready, but their ETAs are some point this year. Those are the prospects that have by far the most value. So you have bullets in the chamber to go out and get whoever you want in terms of trades or have these guys impact the team right now. That's what makes this team so, you know, potentially scary. Well, let's jump to the National League, and then we'll give our playoff picks and World Series predictions. NL East, let's go with Atlanta. Uh, I think the Mets are going to be really good. The Phillies are going to be really good. I think the Marlins are going to be a lot better than people think. Uh, Seems like that's going to be a really tough division once again. Uh, Central... Uh, we did get a question from Aiden Waller saying, do you think the Cardinals uh, are good enough to win the NL Central? Absolutely. Uh, I don't see, uh, you know, who is really better than them right now. The Brewers, after the end of last season and, you know, it's just not doing a whole lot this offseason, uh, I feel they may have regressed a little. Uh, and then... The Cubs, I think they're a year or two away. That was what Brooks Herb was asking. You know, what do we think about the Cubs? 
Uh, I'd say they have maybe like a 30% chance to make the wild card if they get really lucky, if they hit on a few of those guys like a Bellinger, if we see more production out of a Nico Horner, say a Suzuki. Uh, But I'm going to take the Cardinals in the central. Then the NL West, which is uh, just going to be an awesome division. And I feel like the Diamondbacks, who I made a bold prediction list prior to the season, I tweeted it out. Uh, I said the Diamondbacks will be in a playoff race deep into the season. I think in September, we could still be talking about them fighting for the last wild card spot. Uh, I'm going to take... I've been going back and forth on this. I think I'm going to take the Dodgers over the Padres, and I don't feel good about that. Um, yeah, let's let's go with the Dodgers. I did see, I think, like 538.com has the Dodgers favored to win the World Series. I don't know how much I agree with that. Uh, you know, they got Kershaw back. They got Syndergaard, Urias. I think the beauty of the Dodgers this year And before we go, of course, we'll talk about our World Series picks. I'm not going to take them, but they're my second choice out of the National League just because there's no expectations. Like, because you don't have – you've lost a couple guys and everybody's kind of counting you down, that pressure to get back and win a non-Mickey Mouse World Series is not the same as it has been in recent years. So this kind of just, you know, this feels like the perfect storm for them to be really successful out in L.A. So you are not – or let's go through your pick. So you are aren't picking uh, L.A. I am picking the Dodgers and a little disappointed because I had not fully admittedly because I was rushing to read through your uh, predictions. I had not gotten to the part where Diamondbacks make a late push through April and so or late, late playoff push. And so I was feeling really good about my value division pick being the Diamondbacks at plus four thousand. <laughs> Forty to one is is fantastic odds. I feel they could pull what the Giants did in twenty twenty one. Maybe not a hundred and ten wins or whatever, but if the Diamondbacks win like high eighties, low nineties games, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised. I think that that pitching staff is really good. These starters are legit. This bullpen's honestly solid, but again, you can always upgrade and it's one of the cheaper spots to upgrade. And all of a sudden you look at this lineup, Corbin Carroll could have a great rookie year. Cattell Marte, Brandon's been banking on this comeback for ages. I'm afraid he might be a juiced ball 2019 merchant, but we're, we're still waiting. We're going to hope on that. Christian Walker, another solid piece here. And then you look down the lineup, and there's some other young guys that are just begging to break out, including Alec Thomas, who had some struggles late in the year, and Gabriel Moreno, who never got a fair shake in Toronto. Like, this guy was darned good, comes over with Lourdes Gurriel, another solid, solid offensive piece. And here we are with – oh, and I also forgot too, Kyle Lewis. We're talking about a rookie of the year that's just kind of been cast aside because of too much talent on that Seattle side in the outfield. Uh, I'm sitting here talking about there being four players with less than two years service time that all could be major breakout players for the Diamondbacks. We might be coming into this same show next year talking about, okay, when does their World Series clock start? That's a real situation to be here. Oh, and I forgot they got Evan Longoria, too. I love this team. Yeah. 
I'm all over this team. Inject it in my veins. So you're going Dodgers with the Diamondbacks as your value in the West. Um, Are you in agreement? I was going to say, are you in agreement with with my other two picks? Um, I am in agreement with your central picks here. Cardinals, again, above and beyond the best group. I'm I'm also taking the Cubs as my value pick. I don't feel good about it. Like, I don't feel good about anyone other than the Cardinals. They're consistent. They're deep. They're solid. It feels like a year too soon for the Cubs, who it doesn't feel a year too soon for. As we go to the question by Michael Hartman, Stroman looks looks great today. Insights on his long longevity. I, I feel like this could be the year he puts things all together and gets you know really the respect that his contract money deserves once again. So this could be a really big year for Stroman, but I'm not sure it's necessarily the year for the Cubbies. The East, I did take the Braves and the Phillies as my value. All right. Well, LJ, let's. I'm going to run through my uh, eight player. Sorry. Uh, let's. Yeah. Let me run through my my playoff teams. I I forgot it's it's eight now from each league. Um, or sorry. Am I? Oh, going- we're doing all of our playoffs. I thought we were just doing World Series. Oh well, we can just do World Series uh, if if you'd like. Uh, World Series. I'm when I heard Matt say it, I was like cringing a little inside because I uh, I took the same thing. Uh, I, I'm on Atlanta. Uh, it's I, I just I feel like what happened last year in the playoffs was just an, an outlier. Uh, I'm scared about the starters just as much as, as he is. I think I'm a little higher on Charlie Morton, though. I mean, the guy is is uh, just gets better with age. Um, and he is one. Yes, and you know, I think the bullpen is really good. You go out and you get Joe Jimenez. You get Nick Anderson, who you know. Let's not forget his 2020 season with the Rays. Uh, Lucas Litke, who pitched today, is a very serviceable lefty out of the bullpen. Uh, I'm taking the Braves over the drum roll, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, okay. Like I said, I don't think that they're going to win the AL West. But what I do think is that the Mariners have a roster that can definitely compete for the World Series. Uh, you go out, you get Colton Wong at second base. You get Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, you know, you got Eugenio Suarez last year. Uh, and the team is just really deep. I I really like what they've done with that starting rotation. It seems like all five guys, like when Marco Gonzalez is arguably your worst starter, I think you're in really good hands. The bullpen between Penn Murphy, Andres Munoz, Paul, Paul Sewold, uh, of course, Diego Castillo. They're so deep there. Uh, and let's not forget, there's still a few guys in that outfield that we are kind of waiting on. Uh, you know, the, the first name that comes to my mind, LJ, is is our guy, the former uh, Cincinnati Red. Uh, why, why can I not think of his name right? Jesse Winker. You know, that was a guy who you and I were both very high on uh, heading. Oh, my God. I'm I was trying to figure out a way. I was trying to find I was trying to find a way to save you. I'm so sorry. How did I forget 
that He's on Jesse the Winker is is on the Brewers now. Not Jesse Winker. Very embarrassing. Um, I think you meant Eugenio Suarez. I okay. Teoscar Hernandez adding him on in that trade was 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 huge. Um, I just like I just like what Seattle's doing. Jerry Depoto, their GM, has proven that he's not afraid to go out there and make the big trade at the trade deadline if necessary. And I mean, it's J. Rod. Like, who doesn't want to root for that guy? Uh, he might be the most exciting player to go through the, the Mariners since Griffey or Ichiro. So. Very excited. I'm going to take Blue Jays, or sorry, uh, I'm also going Braves over Mariners in my World Series. I also ended up going with the Braves here. Oh, no, LJ. This does not seem to be clever this year, except for Michael Kopech. That's all I have to hold on to is my long shot Cy Young. But, again, I love this team. I I don't feel nearly as scared off by the losses. The losses are the difference between like them being clear and above and beyond the best team, which honestly you don't want that because with baseball, it's such a fluky sport that the most talented roster does not always win. Honestly, you could even say rarely wins. And with being the most talented roster, you're putting a target on your back that you have to carry through the entire season. That's a major issue for a lot of teams. They won't have to deal with that now. That's at least a plus of losing a guy like Dansby Swanson. And we're talking about worrying about the starting rotation. I would say those worries, you know, at most are 60-40 in terms of 40 things don't go well. 60% of these guys pop off and it's the best rotation in baseball with more high-quality depth down in AAA. So overall, I just... (laughs) I just feel like this team can't do wrong and won't do wrong, especially from a pitching standpoint with these starters. This is a great team. I'm taking the Braves over the Yankees in the World Series. The Yankees, I've got in my head another rematch, frustratingly another rematch between the Yankees and the Astros here in the ALCS. The difference this year coming from who are the two Upgrades at the position of most need for these two teams. The Astros get Jose Abreu. The Yankees slot Anthony Volpe in at shortstop. And I just, again, this goes back to that gut feeling I was mentioning before. I have a gut feeling that this guy is going to peak at the end of this season and come up big when it comes to October. So look out for that. I have a feeling he could be a difference maker in that ALCS that's what would be the delineating line between Braves Astros and Braves Yankees. Well, LJ, uh, do you think we call it quits here on our first Thursday? I think, it's time, I think it's time to call it quits. It's time to say goodbye as the we have barely talked about the game that we're live streaming during. But Been flying by, flying yeah, by. <laughs> we're already in the sixth inning here, and nobody has scored between the Astros and the White Sox. Gems from both Valdez and Cease. They've been pitching Beautiful. really good. There's just been not much to talk about, really. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous stuff. But, yeah, I think it is about time to wrap up. I hope you've all enjoyed our first live stream here, and I can't wait to be doing more of these. We'll, we will be moving to 9 o'clock next week 
to or 915 excuse me to accommodate for my show the big three radio show 8 to 9 on 102.9 fm wls lp newton but i think we're all this went great for us hope it went great for you we'll have more great guests on next week and until then unless brandon has anything else to add see you monday follow us at the bob belly up youtube twitter you know you know the drill we'll see you monday have a good one